know, one of the real joys of travelling from London St Pancras Station is the public pianos dotted around the concourse and the wonderful people who stop often just on a whim to play them. Have a listen to this. Yeah, hello from uh, St Pancras Station in London. We are about to set off for the East Midlands of England on this Harmony UK podcast. It's edition 49. Ooh, and uh, there's a Greg's over there. I, I might just go and get myself a sausage roll for the train. Quite excited, as you can hear. Uh, listen out, by the way, for another UK culinary icon, Colin the Caterpillar, uh, who'll be making an appearance over the next few minutes as we board our train for Nottingham and the new look Babs Harmony College. And then... It's off to Leicester and an encounter with the first ever mixed-voice barbershop chorus here in the UK. Uh, women and men harmonising together on the risers almost 50 years ago. So, a sausage roll first, I think, and then find a seat. Enjoy the ride. College, uh, the Saturday night afterglow. Uh, we've been to Harmony College for the podcast quite a few times, but, uh, but things are a little different this year, and the person who can tell us a little more about why and what's changed is uh, Simon Armit, who's BAB's Director of Education. Simon, hi. Hello. Um, say things have changed. What, what is different this year? Uh, this year we've uh, kind of reduced the overall number of streams, but kind of uh, widened the uh, horizons of the individual stream that used to be personal development. So a lot of things that used to be kind of separate little streams have all kind of been moved into one thing, so people have the opportunity to pick and mix between those. And the choruses have all been moved into breakout sessions, we've got more breakout sessions to give more chorus time. Um, and then it means that people can uh, learn from different classes on different things that they'd love to learn about performance or vocal pedagogy, and then get to go and apply that to singing in in a chorus with one of the amazing directors that we have this weekend. And what was what was the, the, the main thing that you wanted to achieve? What was your what was your chief goal in doing all this? Um, last year, from a lot of the feedback that I read, a lot of people, particularly um, if they weren't in a chorus stream, wanted to do more singing. As that's kind of what everybody is here for. That's the that's the reason they do this hobby. So it gave opportunities for people to make that the chance to come to classes whilst also having the chance to sing within a chorus as well. It also means people have to think a bit more about what they want to do, don't they? Because, uh, I mean, I used to, used to sing with the audition chorus, for example, and you could sign up and you would get intense coaching all week just doing that one thing. But th th there's actually quite a lot less singing if you join one of the choruses now, isn't there, with that chorus? 
Possibly, but we also have some extra breakout sessions, uh, not breakout sessions, sorry, part of the individual stream sessions that um, were applicable to the chorus songs. So you could go along to one of those um, lessons whilst um, other classes were going on, and that would be focused on one of those songs. So you could pretty much do singing pretty much the whole weekend if you wanted to. And, and this time you actually asked people who wanted to put on lessons about what they would do. They, they, they could pitch for a place here, couldn't they, on the faculty? Yes, so we opened the faculty up to people to apply um, and a panel uh, that included me and the uh, category directors from the uh, C&J. We looked at all of those applications and chose an amazing faculty that we're incredibly proud of. And there are lots of people that also sent in amazing applications that I'm really hoping send in some next year as well, because they were, they were just almost um, on the faculty as well. And hopefully we can see some of those next year as well to have extra exciting classes. And a Babs Harmony College faculty would not be the same without a guest educator from the United States. This year it's uh, Tony Colosimo. Why Tony? Uh, Tony was introduced to me by uh, Alan Hughes, the former chairman of Babs. And Alan said, if, you, if you're looking for a guest, Tony is the right person. And I got in contact with Tony and I can absolutely agree that he is the right person. He has been an amazing ambassador for all sorts of education all weekend. He directed the audition chorus and gave them some amazing tools to work with while singing that song. And also led us through lots of different types of classes, either directing or quartet skills, uh, vocal pedagogy skills. And he managed to do an amazing job of uh, bringing some high quality education to our members. Smiling through the Babs Harmony College audition chorus under the direction of Tony Colosimo. And you can watch that performance on YouTube. Uh, we'll also be hearing from Tony shortly. For now, though, it's back to Simon Arnott, who's been extremely busy with Barbershop over the summer. In addition to his educational duties on the Babs board, Simon is, of course, the musical director of Meantime Chorus and the bass with the Babs Gold Medal Quartet Trailblazers. Both competed at internationals in Louisville. Uh, so, what was it like? International was incredible. We had just such an amazing time and we can't thank the support that um, the community we belong to as part of Babs enough for all of the, maybe if they gave us donations or we sang on a show and they just gave us a particularly lovely applause that kind of uh, boosted our spirits to keep us working and pushing on. We had such an incredible time and really enjoyed singing for all of the people and were really just proud of what we managed to achieve. Singing there with a, with a chorus or directing a chorus and singing with a quartet, it must be it must make for an incredibly busy week, doesn't it? It's fairly busy, yes. Um, and we had the World Harmony Showcase on top of the contest, so we did we had a fair amount on our plates to do, but 
that's the kind of stuff I love anyway, luckily. So I managed to just yeah. get on with it and uh, enjoy myself whilst getting to sing and direct. How, how does it compare then, from, from the point of view of a participant, with, say, a, a, a much smaller Babs convention? What are the big points of difference for you? I suppose it's just um, Babs enlarged. There's just uh, loads more people, loads more things going on. You've got loads more kind of classes, like Harmony U classes that you can attend. You've got huge, great spaces for afterglows all over the place with some of the greatest quartets we've ever seen going around and singing tags with all of our um, chorus mates. And it was just, uh, yeah, just an incredible experience to be at. I gather you missed the flight home as well, didn't you? Or had to be, <laughs> or it was delayed. What, 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 what was the story there? Uh, well, we had um, a coach booked to take us from Louisville to Chicago, where our flight was um, and the coach didn't turn up um, and uh, after many phone calls and uh, Alice Lammyman's uh, very uh, hard work managed to eventually get us um, to uh, Chicago later that evening and we got to spend an extra night in Chicago but although we were kind of sad that we missed our flight um, luckily BA put us on the next next day and uh, we got to spend a night in Chicago and try deep dish pizza and we were all very happy about that. Oh, well worth it in that <laughs> yes. case. Is, is, does it live up to expectations? It really did actually. <laughs> we, we, we were surprised how good it was. A couple of the chorus went to Chicago a couple of days before going to Louisville um, and they kept telling us about the deep dish pizza and how incredible it was. It was quite good that we actually got to try it after they told us so much about it. Before you go, and, and I know you'll want to get back to the singing and the drinking and all else that's going on here, but um, uh, one of the things I noticed you, you were collecting money, collecting fivers for Babs. Things aren't that bad, are they? Well, we're, we're a charity. We're an arts charity. Things aren't great for arts charities in this country, really, at the moment. Um, it's difficult to get funding. Uh, membership numbers are down after COVID. There's all sorts of things that are not quite in place as usual. Any little that we can get can help us produce amazing events, and we want to try and produce the best events we possibly can. I noticed a lot of very enthusiastic people here, as always, but the numbers are down. What do you put that down to? I think, I mean, there's lots of stuff around the country that have, have got issues with all of this sort of thing. I mean, the cost of living crisis is a, a, a difficult part of today's society. We have, um, obviously, it's quite a high price to come to Harmony College. It's a barrier to entry for some people. And effectively, my job really for next year is hopefully to try and remove some of those barriers, uh, make it more uh, affordable for members of our organisation and outside of our organisation to hopefully help our education grow. We will look forward to hearing more about that uh, during the course of the year. Also look forward to hearing more about Babs 50, which is coming up, the 50th anniversary next year. Uh, Simon, I'll, uh, I'll let you get back to it all. Thanks very much. Thank indeed. you very much, John. Thank you. Simon Arnott, and here he is in action, waving his arms in Louisville for a performance from Meantime Chorus, which was judged the 11th best on the international contest stage this year. Now, that's a feat achieved only once before, a placing achieved only once before by a Babs Chorus at the Cambridge Court Company back in 2003. So, a stunning performance from Meantime. Here is how it began. We are right now ready for contestant number 27 from central London in the United Kingdom... Representing the British Association of Barbershop Singers under the direction of Simon Arnott, please welcome Meantime Chorus!
Meantime Chorus and Where the Lost Things Go, as performed in Louisville. Now, BHS has been making the various recordings from that convention available uh, to paid subscribers for some time. As I understand it, uh, many of them, including hopefully that Meantime performance, will be available free uh, from sometime in October, so do look out for more information on that. Well, as you heard, there were rather fewer people here at Harmony College in Nottingham, uh, certainly fewer than before the pandemic. But what did those who did come make of the new-look educational streams? Well, the afterglow outside the bar on a Saturday night is as good a place as any to ask. So let's begin with... Um... Ruth. And, and what will you be doing here this weekend? I've been in the audition chorus. And what was that like? Amazing. It was absolutely amazing with Anthony Colissimo. He was our MD. Fantastic. What did you learn this weekend? Um, he really focused on how the audience was feeling and how we as performers had to take responsibility for how the audience were feeling. And so it was working our way through the songs and that, with that in mind. Who else have we got here? Sally. And um, were you doing the same thing? I was, yes. Is it your first Harmony College? For Babs, yes it is. For Babs, you've been to the Labs one? I've been to the Labs one, yes. How do they compare? I've never been to a Labs one. They're, they're both very enjoyable. I've had, I've had a great time. had a really good time. What will you take back from this one, do you think? I've learned a lot about performance. How the audience are feeling. That's something that we've never really thought about before. That's fantastic. Okay, thank you very much Excuse me, lady and gents. Sorry about this. Um, I'm doing some of the Harmony UK podcast stuff, and I'm just doing a bit of boxing. Who am I speaking to? Uh, Rod Butcher. Hello. Hello. It's you again. <laughs> me again. Yeah. I've been on more podcasts than almost anybody else. <laughs> well, it's the fees. I need the fees. Uh, <laughs> and we pay so handsomely for this, of as well. Course, yeah. well, well yeah. What, what do you make of this particular Harmony? 45th Harmony UK. It's uh, it's different. Um, uh, okay, it's smaller. Fine. Uh, and we didn't have so many quartets to coach, but. You know, that's the way of the world at the moment. But it's, um, it's different in one significant respect, I think. We've got, we've got a number of professional musicians educating, and uh, they really know their stuff. And there are some interesting classes that we've had this year with a different tilt on, on much of what we do. And, and that's been quite exciting, I think. You, you say this as a man who used to organise these at one point, didn't you? Well, yeah, it's a long time ago since I last organised one, but yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, you know, I've been to them all but last year. <laughs> so. Would you judge this a success then? Because there have been quite a few changes. Yeah, I mean, I mean, how many college can't fail in my view? I mean, you've only got to look around now at this afterglow. You know, people having a great time. The show was brilliant. Everybody loved it. Um, everybody seems to have loved the education sessions and, uh, and all the stuff they've been involved in. So, yeah, how can you fail? 
Rod Butcher, who, with his many years of experience as judge, chorus director and quartet singer, including that celebrated international gold with One Foot in the Stave, joined a Sunday morning panel for a Q&A session before the conclusion of this Harmony College weekend. Another member of that panel was Tony Colosimo. We've already heard his name mentioned in this podcast. And before we have a chat with him, let's hear him singing lead here in his current quartet, First Take. One, two, one, two. Ba-do, ba-da-ba, ba-da-ba, The best things happen while you're dancing. Things that you would not do at home, Soon becomes romance, romancing When you hold a girl in your arms that you never held before Before, before, before. Even guys with two left feet Come out alright if the girl is sweet If by chance their cheek should meet while dancing Dancing Proving that the best things happen while you dance Good things happen when you dance in the song there from first take with Tony Colosimo singing lead, Alex Corson tenor, Drew Wheaton baritone and Andrew Havens the bass. Their fifth place performance at Charlotte in 2022 from YouTube there. In 2023, by the way, first take placed third. Anyway, in a keynote address to Harmony College just before that Sunday Q&A, Tony used a phrase which I found striking. He described barbershop singers as a resource, turning up week after week at rehearsals to be at the disposal of the wider community. I asked him to tell me more. I don't have a lot of new ideas about this. All of, all of the stuff that I presented uh, in the keynote today and on the panel about being a resource and barbershoppers being present and showing up, um, not just as musicians, but as singers, is stolen from other people uh, appropriately. Um, Tim Warwick is a close friend of mine. I've known him for for most of my barbershop life. And uh, Aaron Cook is the same, actually. And um, they both have pioneered these ideas. Tim, the idea of proliferation and sustainability as a barbershopper being a resource and finding new ways to be invested and interested and fulfilled by being in barbershop. And he talked about it in his uh, Hall of Fame speech in 2022. And then Aaron Cook did a, um, in 2022, did a, a keynote speech at Harmony College East, which is the Mid-Atlantic District's version of sort of what we did this weekend. And Aaron is actually a close friend, but she was in a car accident and had a traumatic brain injury, re- um, recovered after a decade, and has a really inspiring story surrounding how barbershop and barbershoppers helped her get through her individual life and her musical journey as well. So when you use this phrase, you're thinking of the music, but you're thinking beyond the music as well, into, into other facets of life. Absolutely, yeah. I think that barbershoppers can be relied on as a community to to be a resource for um, for us as individuals. And then simultaneously, I think, to be fulfilled in the community, I think it's our responsibility to start looking at ways that we can be that for other people. Well, you've certainly been a, a, a great resource for the faculty here at Harmony College. And, and you've learned one, one or two useful British phrases, I gather. Yeah, most of them I can't repeat, but I did get a Colin the Caterpillar this afternoon for my birthday, and I'm very grateful and a little confused. Uh, they are delicious. I'm sure maybe they'll, they'll, they'll give you a plate so you can enjoy it on the flight home. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> In the meantime, just to tell us a bit about what you've been doing here at Harmony College. I taught 
as many classes as I know how to teach. Um, taught a bit about conducting and vocal technique and about how to be a performer on stage, both from a process perspective and from a product perspective, just looking at what's great about what we do and um, not as much analysis as much as just sharing my experience up to this point and, and getting the opportunity for people to, to hear and ask questions and then start to implement this into their own practice after this weekend. So. And what was your impression of the engagement and, 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 and the feedback that you got from, from, from barbershoppers who were in, in your classes and indeed in your chorus because you, 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 um, you ran the audition chorus, didn't you? Yes, yeah, so I had the, I had the privilege of running the auditioned chorus. We sang my favorite barbershop arrangement of Smiling Through by Lou Perry, famously sung by the Boston Common and then later slightly adapted by, uh, by the tw 2000 Champs Platinum. Anyhow, the, the time with those barbershoppers was fantastic. Incredibly committed, uh, open to new ideas, um, willing to hear different perspectives and, and to get excited to grow into something new. I think uniformly people were kind and willing to hear something that they might not be used to hearing. You've mentioned a number of people. You mentioned the Boston Common there. You mentioned Aaron Cook earlier on. Um, I'm just wondering, who are the people, because you talked about this in, 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 in the Q&A, who are the people who, who really inspired you in terms of performers, barbershop friends, maybe um, fellow educators? Yeah, um, I get the pleasure of working with Joe Rudy on a week-to-week -week basis. He's somebody who's informed a lot about what I know, about what is really valuable musically, and then how to lead um, not just people on a Tuesday night, but but on a week-to-week -week basis, how to develop relationships as a leader and and to grow. I think he's he's really been formative in my in my life about that. Um, from an inspiration perspective, I could go on for ages, but I think that Theo Hicks has been an amazing friend and uh, collaborator because we've been able to work together on some arrangements and performances that I've done myself personally, but then I get to look to him for inspiration as a performer as well. And I think that his his um, his capability with the pen as, as an arranger and and his just open nature as a human and, and and kindness and thoughtfulness really makes him a fantastic collaborator. I could I could go on. The ladies GQ. Um, we got to hear from uh, we got to hear from your Babs champs. I found a new baby that yep. is a, a great GQ song. And I've known I've known Ali as a teacher in this capacity. I was around 22 years old when I was teaching. Allie for the first time as a high school student at the Harmony College East that I mentioned earlier in the Mid-Atlantic District. So we've known each other for decades at this point and are very close friends. So. You mentioned Joe Saruti there. Am I right in thinking that you, you work together at the Alexandria Harmonizers? That's right. I'm sorry. So he's the, he's the frontline director, the, the artistic director of the organization that will eventually house the Alexandria Harmonizers. And um, he's also the artistic director of Metro Voices, but not the musical director of that ensemble. That's Samantha Tramack. And then I am the associate director of the Alexandria harmonizers. I think I've seen on, on social media they're coming up for a big anniversary aren't they? Yeah we have our 75th anniversary show coming up in two weeks. Um, we have Ringmasters and Max Q is our guest artists and Metro Voices our new treble chorus will be performing and then the standby 75 year old lower voice chorus is going to be performing as well. That sounds absolutely amazing. At 75 I'm guessing that they're one of the older choruses in the U.S. And of course, one of the differences between Babs and, uh, and, and the Barbershop Harmony Society, or Spebskusa as it was, is that 
when they started, they were entirely about quartets. When Bab started, it was started by a number of clubs. But I'm just wondering, with all these great choruses like, like the harmonizers, like the vocal majority, the ambassadors of harmony, the masters of harmony, Westminster and all the rest, has the, the perception of barbershop of the average American changed, do you think? Does, does barbershop mean more than just quartets now? If, you, if I was to go out in New York and stop people in the street and say, what's barbershop? I think it's hard to say exactly how it's most pervasive, but I'll, I will say that I think that, with dodging your question a little, I think that YouTube has done a great service to our hobby because it makes it so that people can hear and see what's actually happening, and it makes it so that something like the Come Alive medley that Westminster did can be seen by millions and millions of people all over the world, and so that they can identify really fantastic art and really engaging performances with Barbershop, rather than the sort of trope that you might think of from a cultural perspective in the in the US. It's really fortunate that we get that opportunity. So yes, I think I think people know them as quartets and choruses, but I think it's still under undersold and a little bit of a secret success eventually. Well, as well as being involved with the harmonizers, you you are a, a, a very accomplished quartet singer. One of your quartets, first take, I noticed, used one of our resources. We've got a number of really good UK arrangers these days. And um, Nick Bryant's song, uh, the Mary Poppins song, Let's Go Fly a Kite, is one that first take have done. Uh, where, how did you come across that song? We heard Finest Hour, a fantastic Babs Quartet, singing that song on a show and on YouTube. You know, it's the same resource that we were talking about here. Um, and just being exposed to that chart, it made sense for our quartet from a family perspective. We have a lot of young children in the quartet, 11 to be specific, and, and Alex contributes exactly zero of those 11. So we're all pretty busy uh, in the quartet from a family perspective, but we, we, we like to have repertoire that reflects sort of that nature, the time we spend most of our time doing is inspiring that childlike wonder and, and being dads. And so we like to have something that's whimsical and fun for our audiences. And, and Alex is comfortable relating to that stuff and does a fantastic job of it himself. So we were very fortunate to have heard that song and said, you know, that would fit us really well. And then Nick was just amazing to collaborate with and just make some tiny tweaks to make it specific to first take rather than specific to uh, finest hour. It was really a wonderful process. When you send it flying up there, all at once you're lighter than air. You can dance on the trees over houses and trees with your fists holding tight. Also tied to the string of your kite. Oh, 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 let's go fly a kite up to the highest high. Let's go fly a kite and send it, send it soaring.
it's funny for years and years and years we've 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 had as a staple for for most barbershop choruses and quartets uh, fantastic american arrangers david wright of course and then you've got aaron dale theo hicks the kits miller brothers uh, all sorts of other people as well we've now got a lot of homegrown arrangers here as well as nick i mean you can think off the top of your head of uh, uh, simon arnott there's hannah briggs there's uh, there's liz garnett there's many many more that i could name um are they beginning to break through are people beginning to notice them on the other side of the pond i'll say that i think that that's not just a british uh trend i think that there's actually a, a trend toward more and more arrangers taking a stab at doing what they want to do um there and i'll make a quick plug for my friend steve tramack did an amazing job with a very large team of of people like kevin keller and steve armstrong to to make it so that uh there's actually a great new resource for barbershop arranging that's published by hal leonard in the states and um would be very valuable for a lot of young arrangers and i think that the bigger trend rather than having british arrangers that are young coming across all the way and getting known in the states more, I think what we're seeing is quartets having arrangers within the quartet and choruses having arrangers within the chorus who are trying their hand at it and succeeding and, and working on that as a craft. I think that from a preservation perspective, from a barbershop perspective, having people who are comfortable arranging in the style and capable of arranging in the style on a grassroots level rather than just some high-end arrangers is critical to our survival and our proliferation yeah and presumably if you can arrange for your own quartet it, it, it all adds to the variety and the originality too yeah exactly that, that it definitely does what do you i mean you've got a birthday coming up so obviously um you're going to take away another year from here in a sense <laughs> you know, to, <laughs> but right. but what else are you going to take away from harmony college do you think well, I do get a little, a few extra hours on my birthday since I'll be on the plane <laughs> headed, headed eastward. I get, I get a few extra bonus hours. Um, yeah, I think that um, barbershop in the UK is full of young people who have aspirations not just to be fantastic musicians and incredible uh, performers, but also to be bigger, broader community um, for a very long time and are starting to take the responsibility of, you know, carrying the baton and, and moving the resources forward to be to be the people who are leading. Um, it was encouraging to see a lot of really young board members and people who are uh, looking to make it so that Babs is healthy for a long, long time. Babs and Labs are both healthy for a long, long time. Tony, it's been great talking to you. Have a great flight home. Thanks very much indeed. Thanks so much. A pleasure to talk to Tony Colosimo at Babs Harmony College and a lot of UK arrangers that I could have mentioned during that conversation. We are blessed at the moment with such a cornucopia of talent, among them Sam Hubbard, who in 2019 achieved perhaps the highest profile yet for any song arranged on this side of the pond when his arrangement in eight parts of Without a Song was chosen as the finale at the BHS International Saturday Night Spectacular. It is such a spine-tingling performance that I hope you won't mind if we indulge ourselves in just a little bit of that incredible performance.
My thanks to the Barbershop Harmony Society, who kindly provided that recording some years ago when I made a podcast about song arrangers. If you'd like to hear it, including Sam talking about how his arrangement came about and how it crossed the Atlantic, then do seek out Harmony UK Podcast Edition 21. It's available on SoundCloud and many other podcast platforms, including Apple Music, Amazon Music and Podcast Addict. And while we're on the subject of podcasts, uh, I should let you know just as a public service that Joe Ceruti of the Alexandria Harmonizers, uh, to whom Tony Colosimo referred a little earlier, is a guest on a new edition of the Let's Talk Barbershop podcast. It is very different from this one. Uh, the host Nicholas Di Lorenzo and his guests uh, all call each other man and dude and really cool stuff like that. So very, very American, as you would expect. And very, very useful if you want to know about what's happening in Barbershop on the other side of the Atlantic. It's a great listen. Look for Let's Talk Barbershop Series 4, Edition 6, if you'd like to hear more about Joe and the Alexandria Harmonizers. You're listening to Harmony UK Podcast. And now, as someone once said, for something just a little different. We're in the Burstall Social Club on the edge of Leicester with 30 women and men who are rehearsing together with the Heart of England chorus. Like most of us, they've never been to internationals. Like most of us, they sing in a chorus which hasn't won a gold medal. And like all of us, they love a hobby which gives back to them so much. I enjoy every time we come because I find it therapeutic as well as social aspect. Therapeutic in what way? Therapeutic in the sense that um, it lifts your mood um, and me being a, a yoga teacher as well I find it very um, like relaxing um, it's, it's good for the mind, it's good for the soul and yeah it, it releases happy hormones that's Rashmi, and this is Greg. My wife came to pick me up the first night that I came to sing. And she knew I don't get on very well with people. And she, uh, she, she was that frightened. She sat out here and she was ever so worried about how I'd get on. But I can tell you now, there were 30-odd the people, there were the nicest 30-odd people you could ever meet. It's the nicest atmosphere that I've... I've been at the cricket club and the, uh, I've joined other clubs and committees and stuff like that and I've come out wishing, wanting to kill. <laughs> nobody want to kill here, though? No, no, that's what I'm saying. I've not heard one, one word against anybody. High praise indeed. Uh, many of the chorus members are on the older side. And Heart of England, founded way back in 1974, is itself an essential part of the fabric of British barbershop history. They're still singing on the first set of Wenger Risers ever imported into the UK. Imported in some style, thanks to a Babs founder member, who also happened to be an airline pilot. These Risers came to us via Jerry Holland, who brought them back from America in first class on a 747. Uh, 
because that was the only way you could get them back because the hold was full. So these are the original imported Venga risers? These are the original 40 years plus Venga risers. These are a bit of Babs history, aren't they? Yes, yes. So still as good as new. We, we look after them. We service them every year. But uh, they still work just as well as they did when they were first here. Ian Phillips is the musical director at Heart of England. His son John is currently the club chair. And it's a chorus which has always been a bit of a family concern. Yes, there was a quartet that uh, my father sang with through his friends that had been messing around, if you like, with the song from The Music Man. So they'd learned Lida Rose and one or two others because uh, they used to go and sing um, out in public to entertain various people. Uh, and they'd started this quartet in the spring of that year. The year being 1974, the same year that the British Association of Barbershoppers, as it was known then, was founded. Heart of England began as a mixed voice chorus with men and women singing together. Well, Babs soon put a stop to all that. But many years later, the chorus was one of the first to return to mixed voice singing, as Ian Phillips explains. When we got to our 40th anniversary, uh, I'd had a break from uh, conducting the chorus and I came back as musical director. And one of the first decisions of the club was to come back as a mixed chorus. Um, mainly because the men had struggled to recruit uh, for a number of years. They had struggled to, to find tenors and I was, well, they were coming to rehearsals and having to find somebody to sing the tenor line. So we thought the first thing was if we have a mixed course that will solve that problem. The nice thing is we're seven, eight years on now from when we made the decision. We still have more men than we have women in the course, uh, which I think is interesting. The men sing all four parts, the ladies sing three parts, they don't sing the bass, because all the songs we currently sing, we sing the men's key. You have to approach it differently because the timbre of the voice is different. Um, so we, we get a much brighter sound with the ladies, so we have to work a little bit harder at that. We're also one of the few courses in England that we are not an audition course. So you can join the club, whatever your standard. We don't allow somebody uh, to sing out with the course or compete unless they are of a certain level. But you can join even if you're struggling to learn the notes. We'll work with you to improve that rather than as long as they can sing on pitch. That's all we ask. You were the most improved chorus, uh, the men's chorus, I think, at, uh, at Babs, weren't you? What, what did that mean to you? That was something we were very pleased about um, because we'd worked hard last year and... That was very much about putting our minds to getting everybody just to improve a little bit. And that's the target for next year, for the 50th year, to see if we can repeat again. And yet you were also down close to the very bottom of, of the pile as well. In an organisation where excellence is, is celebrated and, and the top choruses keep going up and up in terms of their, their, their mark, is it a little bit dispiriting sometimes. It is, but equally, there are a lot of clubs that don't compete because they don't want to fit in that middle section. We have 
about a 92% attendance every week um, of our membership. And we rehearse 48 weeks a year. Um, if, we, if we only worried about the one day at convention, then we'd lose half our members. Our members come because they enjoy the rehearsal, they enjoy the camaraderie, they enjoy going out and entertaining. Convention is just a measure of where we are compared to everybody else, but they really enjoy the, uh, the singing together and learning. And some people that sing with us perhaps haven't sung for 25, 30 years. Musical director Ian Phillips. So what might some of the chorus members themselves nominate as standout moments from the life of the Heart of England chorus? I asked one of the two baritones, Kate McKenna. The first time I did a sing-out was at a dementia cafe. And for me that was really special to see people, uh, members of the audience who were really um, living with dementia, who were then joining in with all the words because the, the music really united people. That was really special for me. And then the other moment, I have to say, was last year's convention, which was my first convention. And there was no way I would have ever had the opportunity to stand on a stage and sing in the way that I did if it wasn't for this cause. Some of it is the emotional support in terms of I sing baritone and there are only two of us in the chorus that sing baritone so there is really nowhere to hide. And what's really nice is when we do a, a baritone part that is very obvious in whatever song we're singing and we're rehearsing, the rest of the group give you lots of encouragement, they sometimes give us a round of applause, they say afterwards, oh well done Kate, you got that absolutely right. Um, so there's that emotional support is really, really great to have. It's a friendship. It's a, it's a really welcoming place to be. We meet every week. Somebody always brings cake. Yes, of course, we're here to sing, but it is very much more than that. Um, and I wonder, because it's not an auditioned chorus, whether we're not ever going to be the most high-performing, We'd like to think we are, but we enjoy ourselves and that's what it's about. So maybe we're never going to be, you know, massive prize winners. We're never going to be front on a stage. But actually, in terms of being known for the ethos of the group, I think, I think we should be more known than we are. with her thoughts on a group of singers who really do have something special. They gave me such a warm welcome and it was a lovely evening chatting and singing with the Heart of England in Leicester. They bring us to the end of this Harmony UK podcast, the 49th edition. For our 50th, we'll be visiting East Anglia to discover more about Barbershop Harmony, the stories and the songs being sung in the East of England. Until then, from me, John Beasley, thank you very much indeed for listening. Uh, keep the whole world singing, and until we meet again, bye-bye.